0: The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor, statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008, referred to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2008 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors, LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. Money. We are in the, the money. money, the skies I are and sunny, and old man recession, you may be through, but you certainly have done us wrong. Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Money Matters with Ken moray and of course, I am your host, Ken moray and this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. So we talk about Social Security, we talk about your 401k, we talk about uh, investing, we talk about the stock market, we're going to talk about estate planning, you name it. We talk about it and we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about this boring financial stuff. And this week's going to be no exception because we have an absolutely fantastic show lined up for you. But before we go one step further, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morafe, the host of Money Matters with Ken (laughs) Morafe. Why, thank you, Jack. You are ever so kind. I am a senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are over 50 who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then we'd love to meet you and see if we can help you. Our website is rpoa.com. And uh, actually, uh, recently, for eight years in a row, Barron's named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 financial advisors. Wow! Yes, and I'm very proud of that, but I know that without our beloved and most valued clients, I would be nowhere. So all you clients, we love you. Thank you, thank you. So let me go over with you what we're gonna talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So first of all, Of course, we had the big debate Thursday night, and uh, as I record this, uh, I'm seeing that the uh, debate didn't really move the needle in terms of uh, the polls and what's going on, but yet uh, we have some market activity, so after the debate, what is the market saying and what are the prospects for how the elections and the outcomes of the elections going to impact the market. So we'll, we'll kind of give you our analysis on that here in just a moment. Also, I want to go over with you something that's kind of, uh, I find it interesting because I've seen it. I've been doing this now for close to 30 years. And uh, one of the things that I've noticed about um, human behavior is it's very consistent, especially investor behavior. So I want to go through what I call the emotional risk curve with you and we'll have some fun because you'll recognize yourself probably in almost all of these people. I'm going to create different personas for each step in the emotional risk curve and you'll probably recognize yourself in most of them and uh, if you recognize your emotional side then perhaps you can be more rational in your investing and if I can help you do that then I'm happy. Also this week uh, we're going to talk about social security. We're going to talk about strategies for married people. So we're going to have a couple of questions that I that I have uh, with regard to when and how to take uh, Social Security benefits if there's a difference in the income between the spouses and you want to maximize your benefits. So we'll be talking about spousal benefit strategies uh, later on in the show. And then also, as you guys know, we, we, as I mentioned, work with people who are over 50 who are retired or retiring soon. Primarily, our clients are within five years of retirement or they're uh, within that first five years of retirement. So they're in that, what I call the 10-year, the most important decade of your entire financial life, in my opinion. And uh, our view, and many studies validate this, is that if you take large losses during that 10-year period, then your ability to retire in the first place or your ability to sustain the lifestyle that you want during your retirement is going to be substantially impaired, and we don't want that for you. And so I want to go over with you. And because of that, in our firm, we have a strategy we call invest and protect. And this is the same strategy that's said to sell in November of uh, 2007 before the great stock market crash and uh, the, the credit crisis. It also this year said to sell on March 10th, which was the day before the pandemic was actually announced. So we believe that uh, you should protect yourself from impending bad things. Call us crazy. Um, and so I want to talk with you about one bear market could change your life forever. And I want to share with you a story. This is a true story that, that happened to me when I was talking to somebody uh, back during the bear market. So we'll talk about that with you and share that story. And hopefully you can learn from that. So we, I, we have, a, you know, as I look at all that, I think, you know what? Most shows, Jack, would stop right there. I mean, most shows would say, you know what, if we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Somebody stop me. Oh, don't you dare, because on this show, do we stop right there? Of course we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. And this week, we're going to talk about um, It it kind of falls into the the estate planning, the passing on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs category, but uh, I'll say it's not all the way there, but I'm going to talk about why co-signing a grandchild's student loan could be a really bad idea. So, you know, you may think, okay, I want to help out a grandchild and get them through school and co-sign their loan. I'm going to tell you why that may not be something you want to do, okay? So we have all kinds of stuff to talk about. Now, I want to tell you something monumental happened on the 22nd, and you're thinking, oh, that was the debate. Well, that was probably a a monumental event from a national scope, but this is universal. This is the entire universe had a monumental moment on the 22nd, and that was my birthday, and I know that you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't get Ken a present. And uh, you know, it's belated, but I need to get him something. So I'm just gonna, and you're wondering, you know, what am I gonna get Ken? I mean, the man who has everything, right? I mean, just, what do you get the guy who has everything? Well, I'll tell you what, Here, here's, if you wanna get me a present, here's what you can get me. I'm easily pleased, something little, something red, a little Ferrari that I could put in my garage, perfect. Okay, so just get me that and I'll be very, very happy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've told that joke many times, and one time this listener sent me one of those little tiny uh, Ferrari toys. <laughs> he said, Ken, yeah, I've got it in my desk. And uh, he, said, he said, you wanted a red Ferrari? Here it is. And I was like, no, not that. I meant the real one. But he said, you said you wanted it to fit in your garage. It does. So anyway, so let's talk about the debate and let's talk about what the market is saying. Now, you know, one of the things about this, the uh, investors is that they don't invest based on what happened in the past. They, For the most part, people invest because they want something for the future. So when you're investing, you're looking at what's going to happen going forward, not what happened in the past. Now, that may guide your, your thinking in terms of what you think is going to happen, but still, you're investing because you think something in the future is going to happen. And generally speaking, investors, the stock market, tends to be six months forward-looking. So if you look at recessions, for example, the stock market, generally speaking, it goes down about six months ahead of the next recession, unless there's a shock like the pandemic. But normally, it starts to go down six months ahead. And then if you look at when recessions end, back it up six months, and that's usually when the stock market has started going up again. So people are looking into the future. They're trying to see what the future looks like. So when it comes to the elections, what are they now 2 weeks away or there? That's less than 6 months. So investors are looking forward. Now, a lot of people are very concerned about oh my gosh, what if Trump is elected? Or oh my gosh, what if Biden is elected? And and I try to stay totally non-political on this show, okay? So don't don't send me emails, please. What the stock market is looking at is into the future. So if the concern was that Joe Biden's going to tank the stock market, then what would have happened is He's leading in the polls. The debate didn't change the polls, as far as I can tell. There was no knockout punch. To me, I don't think the debate really moved the needle on all of that. So therefore, what does that do? It should have—if if there was a concern about Biden being president, then the stock market would be crashing right now. And the other side of it is, if, if the concern was that Trump is going to be president, it might be crashing also. So the fact that it's not means that the president and who is elected is not what the stock market is looking at. What it's looking at is the stimulus package because 70% of our economy is driven by consumer spending. If the consumer has money to spend, and our consumers are diehards, they spend, if our consumers are spending money, the stock market will go up under Bill Clinton, George Bush, Obama, Trump, it'll go up under almost any president if the consumer is spending, because that's what drives profits, and in the end, that's what drives the stock market. So yes, the president is important, I'm not discounting that, and yes, they can impact things, but right now in the short run, it's about does the consumer have money? And if the stimulus package gets passed, they will have money to spend. And my belief is that the stock market, the S&P and the Dow will go up and probably get to new highs because of a stimulus package. Now, when it will come, I don't know, but I think it's going to come soon. All right. So that's where we are. I don't think it's time to panic and sell and get out because, oh, my gosh, Trump's going to be president. or Oh, my gosh, Biden's going to be president. If you want to keep your eye on what the ball is, the ball is the stimulus package and the likelihood of it passing, and I give it a very high degree of likelihood, okay? (laughs) Now, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, (laughs) yes, I know, there's a lot of you out there especially if you're in that decade that 5 years before retirement and that 5 years after retirement if you're in that decade then you know even though uh, as i just said i think that i'm optimistic about where the uh, markets the the dow the s&p should go from here uh, given what i just said uh, regardless of the outcome of the elections that doesn't mean that, I'm, that I have a crystal ball and I'm absolutely correct. COVID could pick up. We may not get a stimulus package. There are all kinds of things that could make this market go down and drop like a stone and very quickly. So in my opinion, it is always a good idea to have an invest and protect strategy, okay? To protect yourself on the downside. You know, the market went down, the S&P went down, what, 40% back in March and April? What if it had stayed down? What if it was still down there now? what would your investments look like? And would you be able to retire if you wanted to? And would you be able to stay retired if that was you? You know, I would venture to say you're at risk. So go to our website, rpoa.com. Sign up to visit with one of our retirement planners. Sign up to go attend one of our seminars. We have all kinds of information to help you if you're within that 10-year period, okay? So rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. All right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna talk about the, we're gonna have some fun with the emotional risk curve. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayfe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayfe And of course, I am your host, Ken Morayfe. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. And I am founder of Retirement Planners of America, and we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are within five years of retirement or who are already retired. So, I love it. Yes, and I love every minute of it. And if you are in that five year before or five year after, if you're in that decade, then that's a single most important period, financial period of your entire financial life, in my opinion. And because of that, we that's where we operate. So if you are in that demo, then um, I encourage you to go to our website. It's rpoa.com. And you know, Financial Times, three times now, has named our financial advisory firm one of the top 100. And uh, we're very proud of that. And uh, obviously... You know when somebody says nice things about you, you you're, you you like it. But uh, let me tell you something. I know which side of the toast my butter is on, and that is with our beloved and most valued clients. Because without them, we would be nowhere. And uh, we work with clients in all four in 48 states. We have over 9,000 families we work with, and it is a wonderful pleasure. It is a, it's an honor and it is a privilege. So all you clients, thank you very very much. So let's talk about uh, one of the things that we try to. Um, I'll say manage, which is uh, non-financial, but does have a financial impact. And that is the emotions of our clients. And therefore, I'm going to go over with you the emotional risk curve right now. <coughs> Pardon me. And we're going to have some fun with that because I think you're going to recognize yourself in this discussion. So here we go. So I'm going to start with We are at a point where, and you got to think of a sine curve. If you're an engineer, you know what that is. It's kind of a little like a sideways S curve. And so as the curve is rising, let's start with when we are in an optimistic phase. So we've come out of a bear market. We've come out of a recession. We've come out of a bad time. And now we're feeling kind of, you know, we're feeling optimistic. And so people invest now because it starts – it looks like things are turning around and things are getting better and all of that. And then optimism leads to excitement because, wow, it's starting to go. And, and I was right to be optimistic and I'm making money now and the investments are going up and the stock market's going up and the news on the is that everything's going better. And then the next step is thrill. It's like, oh, man, this is so exciting. And you're looking at your investments and everything is green. Oh, wow, this is so incredible. And then it goes all the way up again and it goes to euphoria. And this is where, man, everything cannot ever go wrong again. This is going to keep going up forever. And that's when you reach euphoria stage. And euphoria stage, ladies and gentlemen, is, in my opinion, the riskiest time of the, uh, to invest. Because at this point, what's happened is the sellers have all disappeared because they're all so convinced that nothing can go wrong, that only the buyers are there. And the buyers are buying, 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 buying. And guess what? They get tapped out. And then when you run out of buyers, guess who the only players in the game are left? It's the sellers. So. Now we go down. The curve now goes back down again. Now it goes into anxiety. Hmm, I don't know. It seems like, you know, all-time highs and the market's so frothy and, you know, it starts to get kind of shaky and, you know, maybe it's going to go up again, but maybe it's, uh, you know, I don't know. And you start getting ang- anxious and, uh, you know, you start seeing the market starts to go down and feeling that. And then as it goes down even more and more, then people fall into the denial phase which is, oh, no, 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 it's going to bounce back. Market always comes back. Everybody tells me that. I don't have to worry about it. I know it's going down. I'm just going to shut my eyes, and I'm going to pretend it's not happening because it's going to bounce back. I know it's going to. And then it doesn't. It keeps going, and then they come to fear. Now they're scared. Hey, oh, what's cooking? It's me! So now people, the, the, these people are scared. It's like, oh no, oh my gosh, I wish I had sold when I was anxious and I wish I had sold before I went into the denial phase, but now I'm scared. What if it what if it just keeps going? What if I lose everything and then they start feeling desperation? Now they're really starting to feel bad and they go into the desperation mode, which is, I don't know what to do. And they start looking around and they start asking their friends and they start asking people. And meanwhile, what's happening? Their their investment guy is say, or gal is saying, hey, don't worry about it. The market always comes back. It'll never, you know, Don't you're a long-term investor. Buy, hold forever. Don't worry about bear markets. It's all something that other people worry about, but not you. And next thing you know, people panic. And when they panic, then they just sell everything. It's like, I got to get out. I got to get out. I can't take this anymore. And then you have what's called capitulation. And that is usually very near the bottom because capitulation means the opposite of the euphoria, which is now we've come to a point where we've pretty much run out of sellers because everybody has – Capitulation essentially means that the sellers have sold, 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 and now what you're left with is maybe only buyers, but because you have this after the capitulation, I've sold everything, and then there's despondency, and that's the period where I've lost so much money and I sold, and now I'm sitting here with so, you know, after all of that, and man, I feel really, I feel, and people feel awful, and I met them in 2008. I met them in Y2K, they, they, and I'm going to tell you a story later on in the show about that, and so that moment after the capitulation and the despondency and then depression in some cases, there people have had very, very trying emotional times when they saw how much money they lost and how bad it got, um, and that actually, believe it or not, is the best time of opportunity—that's when opportunity presents itself. So it's the opposite. When everybody, you know, it's like Warren Buffett once said, "When everybody's selling, I'm brave, and when everybody's buying, I'm a coward." It's the exact same thing. So the highest risk is when everybody thinks nothing can go wrong, and in my opinion, and in many cases, the biggest opportunity is when everybody thinks that everything's going into heck in a handbasket and it's nothing, nothing but worse. So then you come out of the depression phase and things start to turn around and then hope starts to take hold and people start feeling hope again. And maybe I, ah, things are starting to turn. Maybe I should uh, take advantage. And then they feel relief. Oh, thank goodness. The whole, this bear market is over. I can, re- I can take a breath now. And then optimism comes back and we start to cycle again. And that, shall I do it again? <laughs> Jack's like, do that, do that whole thing again. no but somebody if you want to hear it again just go and get the podcast of the show you can listen to that whole story again but this is a very very predictable set of emotional responses that investors have had over the years I'm glad we had this talk Me too so The important thing to realize is that in that whole thing is that the the goal of what we talk about uh, which is invest and protect and and, and, and not getting emotional and all that is to have a game plan, to have a strategy. And if you do that, then I believe that you won't be panicking, you won't be despondent, you won't be in depression, you won't be capitulating, all those terrible things that cause you to make bad decisions and also not to get too euphoric where you throw caution to the wind either. So here's what I would like you to do if you if you're inclined. You can go to our website. It's rpoa.com. And when you're there, you can uh, click on meet with an advisor. You can sit down with one of our retirement planners. And what we want to do is build your retirement plan for you. We want to look at building a cash flow plan, an investment plan, a strategy to get you where you want to be. If you are wanting to retire or you're already retired, we want to help you build that game plan so that you have confidence and you don't ride this curve of emotional anxiety and risk. And we can hopefully help you to achieve your financial goals. So if you go to rpoa.com. retirementplannersofamerica.com. Click on meet with an advisor and we'd love to sit down with you virtually and there's no charge or obligation and we will part friends. All right, so rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about strategies for spousal social security benefits. Man, how exciting. Stay tuned. This is Money Matters and I am Ken Morayf. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf and of course, I am your host, Ken (laughs) Morayf. Thank you, Jack, and you know this is the show where we try to rain down upon you Good retirement planning ideas And if we do that Then hopefully you can have A successful retirement We have two goals for you One is we want your money To last as long as you do And then secondly We want you to have Financial peace of mind And if we accomplish Those two things Then guess what We feel we've done A very good thing for society And we feel good about ourselves So no doubt about there is no doubt And our firm Retirement Planners of America We specialize in uh, retirement planning As the name implies We work primarily with people Who are fifty. Who are retired or retiring soon. So, if that's you, this show's designed for you. And our website is as well. It's rpoa.com. And you know, um, our firm, uh, we've been fortunate. We've uh, grown rapidly. And twice now, uh, Inc. Uh, has named us one of the uh, 5,000 fastest growing companies in the United States. And uh, obviously, we, we love that. It's, it's a great thing. But I will tell you that the only reason it happened is because of our beloved and most valued clients. And so all you clients, we thank you so much. We we do everything in our power to live up to your expectations. And uh, one of the most important things that we talk about when it comes to retirement planning is Social Security. Um, I would say that it comes up in my life at least five, six times a week, it seems like. And so I want to go over with you, this is the segment of the show where we uh, answer questions with regard to Social Security. So this week we're going to talk about, I got two questions here which are questions regarding uh, spousal benefits, okay? So by the way, if you want to send me your social security questions, you can. My uh, email address is ken at rpoa.com and I'll endeavor to uh, answer your questions. Don't make them too hard because if they are too hard, then I just won't answer them, okay? Because I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm talking about on the air. No, I'm kidding. Make them as hard as you want. I I'll, I can handle it. Okay? Sorry about this. <laughs> I know it's a bit silly. It's very silly. Okay, first question. I'm 64. My husband is 64. I have a minimal earnings record would I be able to claim my benefit now and then when my husband turns 66 and files switch to claiming half of his benefit the reason why I'm asking is because my benefit is less than half of his well if you file now the answer is if you file now you will get about 87% of what you would have gotten had you wait till you're age 66. Okay, so that's the first thing you need to consider about whether you want to file, you know, you want to file early or not. Now, when you add the spousal benefit, you will be paid the difference between your benefit and 50% of your husband's. Okay, so what they do is they take your benefit and then they pay you an extra, which gets you up to half of his. So the total will not be the full 50% of his benefit if you start early, right, because you're going to get 87% of yours. So if you want to receive the full 50% of your husband's benefit, you would need to wait until you are age 66 to file your own and then you could get the other portion added on to make it half of his, okay? So, yes, you can do what you're saying, but you won't get the full half because you're filing early. That's the first question. How much time do I have? Ooh, okay. So, my wife is not covered by Social Security. She's older than me and would collect spousal benefit only. Can my wife collect spousal benefit when I'm 62 with the understanding that her benefit would be further reduced as I'm under age 66? Essentially the same question, but I'm going to answer it differently. Now, she can't file for spousal benefit until you file for your benefit, okay? So regardless, until you file for yours, she can't collect half of yours, all right? Now, you could file at age 62, but that would leave you with a permanently reduced benefit and would reduce her survivor benefit if, if you died before she did okay? So keep in mind that it would not reduce her spousal benefit as, as what your question said, okay? The spousal benefit is based on the amount you would have received had you waited till you were 66. So it doesn't matter when you start collecting in terms of the spousal benefit. So only her survivor benefit is reduced. So it's unfortunate when the lower earner is the older spouse, but, you know, unfortunately, there's not much you can do about that, all right? So- Fascinating. I, yes, I, and very logical, Mr. Spock. So- Two things on that. One is, I hope I answered those questions for you and gave you some clarity there. But secondly, I hope I also illustrated how complicated filing for Social Security and doing it properly is. There are a lot of rules. I mean, it's unbelievable to me, the complexity of the whole thing. And so my concern is that people are making decisions with regard to Social Security without talking to an expert about it. And then you could be leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table. Okay, so my, my, my offer to you is if you go to our website, you can sign up to, visit, to uh, attend one of our social security workshops. We have virtual seminars on uh, when and how to take social security. We have some on Medicare, we're in the middle of Medicare enrollment right now, so we have some on those as well. You have the ability to visit with one of our retirement planners and have them build for you an entire retirement plan which has social security in it. You have so many resources to help you to make the decision and I think one of the most important financial decisions you make in your lifetime, and that is how and when you take Social Security and believe me it is not just take it at 62 or 66 or 70 it's not just that you got to take into account your income differentials your age differentials your health differentials there's all kinds of stuff that plays into that and making that decision with the help of a professional i think will help you to make the right decision and so what would i encourage you to do we have resources on our website from visiting with somebody to help you with that to attending seminars articles videos rpoa.com is our website, okay? Retirementplannersofamerica.com. Go there and enjoy. Binge watch. Have a good time. Cool. Yes. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how one bear market could change your life forever. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. And we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf, and, of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. <laughs> Why, thank you, Jack. I am founder of Retirement Planners of America, and we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, so we work primarily with people who are over 50 who are retired or retiring soon. So if that is you, then uh, we would love to meet you and see if we can help you. Our website is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And, you know, for eight years in a row, Barron's named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 financial advisors. And, and yes, Gomer, and while that is extremely flattering and I am honored and, and uh, I love it, I can tell you I know that without our beloved and most valued clients, we'd be nowhere And so we have clients in 48 states. Uh, We have offices in multiple states as well. And uh, without our clients, we would be nowhere. So all of you, thank you for everything. And uh, if you're not a client, again, our website is rpoa.com, and we'd love to meet you and see if we can help you. All right. Uh, One of the foundational philosophies that we have in our firm is that there are three enemies to your financial well-being. Um, One is income taxes and we want to see to the extent that we can to reduce income taxes. Secondly, it's inflation. And uh, I believe inflation is actually a worse enemy than income taxes, because it's insidious. It's it, Right now, we don't have much inflation, but historically, it's it's a gradual, it's a death of a thousand cuts, is what I've heard somebody say, which means it's, it's just a gradual reduction in your purchasing power over time. And right now, we're not seeing that, but uh, still, it is something that in your investment strategy, I believe you should have a, a game plan for. And then the third worst enemy, which I think is the, the greatest of all, is bear markets. And So a bear market is a drop in the uh, stock market in a particular investment, the S&P 500 index, for example, uh, the Dow of 20% or more from its previous peak. Okay, so that can be an individual stock. If Apple uh, fell from its uh, peak uh, by 20%, then you'd say that Apple is in a bear market. Uh, If if the Dow went down 20%, then you would say that Dow's in a bear market. Generally, that's what people are talking about. So I wanna talk about why One bear market could change your life forever. And I want to go back to the bear market of Y2K. And uh, this was in 2002, as a matter of fact. And um, I was at a convention where I was one of the uh, speakers that was up on stage at at the convention center. And uh, I gave a talk to several hundred people that were in the audience. And I was talking about the importance of having a protection Strategy to protect yourself from downsides. And this was, of course, right smack dab in the middle of the Y2K bear market, which was terrible. Um, and so I was talking about how, how having a, a, a strategy to get out and protect what you have was so important and how we had one in our firm, and I w- kind of went through some, some thoughts about that. After I was done, this, one of the members of the audience came up to me and he said, Ken, I enjoyed your talk. And he said, you know, I want to tell you my story. And I said, okay. And he said, you know how much money I had before this bear market came along? And I said, I have no idea how much. And he goes, uh, I had $3 million. And remember, folks, this was like 20 years ago, right? 18 years ago. So $3 million is a lot today. But back then, it was, it was a lot of money. So I said, well, congratulations. That's, that's awesome. And he goes, well, guess how much I have today? And I said, uh, I have no idea how much. And he said, I have 650,000. Oh! And I was like, <laughs> you know, and I looked at him and I didn't know whether I should laugh or cry. I don't know, you know, he, he, he seemed like he wasn't too upset about it. And I said, man, I, I admire your ability to just, you know, to smile about that. And he goes, well, I can smile, I can cry, I choose to smile. And I said, okay, but, but let me ask you a question. To go from 3 million to 650,000, You had to go through two and a half million, two million, one and a half million, one million. You know, I mean, you had to go through a lot of signposts along the way. Why didn't you get off the ride? And he goes, Because I kept thinking it was going to bounce back. I kept thinking, you know, it was a buying opportunity. I kept thinking it was going to come back, come back, come back. And he was all in technology stocks. And of course, they ended up falling by 90%. Well, the interesting thing about that story is that he actually. What he told me was that he invested $500,000 originally and that five hundred dollars had grown. I think he said he invested back in 1995 and it had grown all the way to that $3 million at the peak and he was like thinking, man, I wish I had sold that. I wish I had protected myself. I wish I had gotten out and paid off my mortgages. He had debt and this and that. He said, I could have been, you know, more. The point of that is that he had no strategy to protect what he had built. And that's what I believe is an extremely important thing to have when it comes to your retirement planning. It's what I think is so important. And, you know, when people are in their 20s, their 30s, and I would even venture to say that in their 40s, you could get away with that, okay? You could lose that much money and you still have time to build it up by the time you retire. But if you're within five years and that kind of thing happens to you, you know, that changes everything literally forever, in my opinion. I mean, now you can't, you know, if you were going to retire on a $3 million lifestyle, and you got 650000 now, you're not going to be able to retire on a $3 million lifestyle anymore. You're going to have to be one-fifth of that. And that's difficult for most people to cut their cost of living down by 80%. It's not an easy thing to do, I don't think. And, and why would you want to anyway? So if you're within five years of retirement and you don't have a strategy right now in place to protect you from the downside. Now, our strategy said to sell in November of 2007, before the great uh, credit crisis. It, it, It said to sell in 2011 and in 2010, two of the times when the Greek financial crisis was happening. You may remember that. Also... This year, uh, on uh, March 10th, our strategy said to sell. What happened then? The market uh, reacted to the pandemic and all of that. We saw danger for our clients, and we said, it's time to get out and protect what we have. We don't want to see anybody, not certainly not our clients, but anybody experience what this man's story told me. I don't want that for you. And so that's why we have our invest and protect strategy. Now, if this aligns with your thinking, if you think philosophically that makes sense to you, then go to our website. It's rpoa.com. We have multiple resources available for you, okay? We, we have videos. We have podcasts of this show. We have articles. We have articles of where we've been uh, interviewed in the Wall Street Journal and USA Today and CNBC and all that kind of stuff. We got it all on there. I don't know there. how to say I thank you, except I thank you. And we want to help you to have a successful retirement. We want your money to last as long as you do. We want you to have financial peace of mind. Those are the things that we want for you, but we can't do that. You know, as as that in, in that movie, uh, uh, Tom Cruise, he says, help me to help you, right? So I can't help you if you don't let me. So go to our website, sign up for one of our virtual seminars, sign up to visit with one of our retirement planners. We want to help you. What can I tell you? It's our, it's our thing. So rpoa.com is the website. RPOA is Retirement Planners of America america all right so rpoa.com all right we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to talk about why co-signing a grandchild student loan could be a really bad idea so stay tuned this is money matters and i am ken morafe this is money matters with ken morafe and of course i am your host ken morafe <laughs> Ah, yes. The sweet sound of applause. Thank you, Jack. And uh, I am founder of Retirement Planners of America, and we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. So if that is you, we would love to meet you. We'd love to see if we can help you. We'd love to see if we can provide you with information so that you can have a successful retirement. And uh, we have two goals for our clients. One is we want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. And if we accomplish those two things, we can I, I can go to my grave thinking I've done a good thing. To hear you say that makes me love you. You, baby, well, I love you back, and you know what? We're very fortunate. Uh, uh, recently, Barron's named Moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 financial advisors, and uh, actually, uh, eight years uh, they did that eight years in a row, and that's very exciting and wonderful. But without our beloved and most valued clients, we'd be nowhere. Uh, we work with thousands of families across the country, and we're, we're very grateful for that. And uh, so, you know, if, if, if we've done everything right, then our hope is that uh, you've got a bunch of money left over for your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs. And so that's called, and you want to leave it to them in the least taxed, most cost-efficient way, and that's called estate planning. Now, this week, I want to talk with you about why co-signing a student loan for a grandchild or even for your, your, your child could be a bad idea, okay? So let me go over with you, but first, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. And though my pocket may be empty, I'd be a millionaire. And, of course, that is Tony Bennett with Rags to Riches, and, uh, you know, that's Tony Bennett, and of course, the estate taxes and probate and all the rest of it, it's designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags, and we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. Now, of course, this week, we're not uh, necessarily talking about estate planning, but we are talking about passing money on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, which in the form of co-signing a student loan. All right, well, let me give you some reasons why that is not potentially a very good idea at all okay number one the loan will show up on your credit report and it can affect your ability to borrow money if you needed to number two if your child is makes late payments it can trash your credit and it can then subject you to collection calls lawsuits and potential wage garnishments or even liens on your bank accounts you gonna trust those little squirts to make their payments when they're college kids? Are you kidding me? Number three, if you take over the payments because they're unable to, to preserve your credit, that could put a strain on your finances. Maybe you can't afford to pay the whole thing. And then number four is that older people with student loans are more likely than those with without such debt to say that they've skipped prescription medicines and stuff that they need for themselves. Because they're so selfless. They love their grandchild. They love their kids. And they want them to get their education. And this is according to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Okay? So don't do that. <laughs> Take your meds. <laughs> <laughs> so I really, really, really do not encourage anybody to co-sign a loan with a, with a child or a grandchild for, for any reason. Little, you know, Not just uh, college loans. But let's say you've done it. What if you've already done it? You're thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't realize all this stuff. So what do you do about it? Well, number one, monitor your credit, okay? Look at it all the time because you don't know if they're making their payments or not. So monitor it. The other thing is, if you find out they're not doing it, take it over, take over their payments. You don't want your credit to be trashed. If you can afford to, make sure you do that. Ask ask to be released, okay? Typically, if you co-sign, Uh, A loan, you can be dropped from the loan after a certain number of on-time payments. So if if you got past that time, you can go to a loan company and say, you know what, we don't want to be on there anymore. Uh, If you can't do that, then explore a settlement, okay? You may be able to settle a private student loan debt for less than the face amount if it's clear that you can't pay it, and neither can your child or grandchild, okay? And then worst case scenario, if they can't pay and you can't pay, guess what? You'll probably need to talk to a bankruptcy attorney. And maybe they can help you to get out of that mess. So long story short, but co-signing a loan with a kid is not, in my opinion, the most prudent financial decision you're going to make, okay? Mm-hmm. You're putting your credit and your potential financial security in the hands of somebody who's in college uh, trying to get through school. Anyway, um, words to the wise. Now, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, then- uh, 50- Yes, then uh, we would love to meet you. You are who we we, we want to work with, and uh, so if you, uh, we look at all the different things that go into retirement planning. We talk about uh, your four hundred one k and how to diversify. We talk. I'm talking here about at our seminars, we have virtual seminars right now on a variety of topics. One important topic right now is Medicare enrollment. We have uh, videos and articles on their non biased. We're not trying to sell you anything. We want you to make the right decisions on that, okay? So you can go there, you can watch the videos, you can read our articles, listen to our podcast about Medicare enrollment. Now's the time. Also, we have some on social security itself. We have some on retirement planning, and especially here during this pandemic. And then also we have the ability for you to sign up to visit with one of our retirement planners. Now, if you visit with a retirement planner, We want to build for you your entire roadmap for your retirement plan. And it starts with a retirement cash flow plan, okay? RCFP is what we call it. So if you have an RCFP, it'll look into the future and see what your expenses are going to be. You know, we can project that out. We can project out your income taxes, inflation, all that kind of stuff. Build a model and look at it and see, do you have enough money to retire on? Can you support the lifestyle that you want in your retirement and give you some clarity on all of that? We want to do it all for you at no charge or obligation. So go there rpoa.com click on meet with an advisor if we can help you fantastic and if not we're going to tell you that too either way no charge no obligation and as I said we will part friends oh dear that's too wonderful to be true well Dorothy it is not too wonderful to be true because it is true so folks rpoa.com All right, you know what this show is over already I cannot believe how fast it has gone I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you we'll see you next week same time same channel bye bye everybody Is this the end? (laughs) Of course not in the beginning information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned none of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice a professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio the tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Morafe or MMWKM Advisors, LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.